Namaste, Devi, Sadhguru, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. Like always, is my highly skilled, trained professional host, uh, Mr. Path Balunskar. And today we have a really special guest, all the way from Brazil. Uh, we have Miss Anna Clara. Uh, she's a singer-songwriter, and uh, we're really glad to be doing this with her. Uh, Anna, how's it going? How are you? Really well, thank you. I'm very well. How are you guys? All good, all good. Uh, we are uh, really glad to be doing this. Uh, what is the time in Brazil right now? Is it like the afternoon or something? How is it? It is. It is. It is. It's ten to three in the afternoon. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, okay. okay. And what's what's the weather like in uh, Brazil right now? The weather, the weather's nice. Well, I'm in Brasilia, so I'm in, in the capital. So we have two seasons, essentially. It's either raining or it's, we're in drought. So right now it's the rainy season. I love it. And so we have afternoon, right. monsoonal rains. So it's really nice. So it's right. a bit wet. That's, that's, I, right. I that's, a lot like, that's a lot like UK, where it tends to rain a lot. Like, So Anna, tell me, uh, uh, what, how did you start as a musician? I'm really interested to know because when we were uh, researching you, we got to know that you were born in Melbourne, if I'm not wrong, in Australia. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, then I think you spent a bit of time in London uh, <laughs> and now you're in Brazil, right? So that's yeah. like different parts of the world. So <laughs> uh, musically and, you know, artistically, how has how all of that been to you? Like how, how do you amass all the experiences that, uh, you know, all these different places have brought to you and how have they contributed to you as a musician? Please tell us about that. Sure. So you're right. I was I was born in Australia, and my mom's my mom's Australian and okay. very very Australian. <laughs> and, all right. And, what's up, what's up, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> um, so I was I was uh, born there, and then when I was about. Or just finished university. I um, well, I was in university when I went on a trip. I was lucky to go on a trip around the world, and I went to the UK. And I really, I really didn't want to go to the UK. I thought it was so, I don't know. It was just another thing that Australians tend to do is to just go to the UK and stay there. And I thought, oh, it's so, it's so cliche. Right. But I went, right. and okay. I fell so madly in love with it. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful place! And I'm like, I don't want to leave. Right. I want to stay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went back to Australia for a while. What was really different about UK that really appealed to you, and you know, uh, I mean, what against the expectations that you had uh, uh, pertaining to UK? What was it like? Like the culture, like the weather? What was it like? Yeah, it was the culture, and I mean, I'm from a very, very multicultural family. I mean, every single person is from a different place, and so many languages and cuisines, and you know, all the good things about having you know multicultural yeah. about multiculturalism. And when I got to the UK, I had this external vision from the Brits that live in Australia, I suppose that's, that was my reference point, more than anything, of having, you know, not very flavorsome food and kind of be having a bit of a neg- negative mindset and the weather's right. always gloomy. And why would I leave Australia? Melbourne is a cultural melting pot. If you, anything you want, you can get in terms of food and cultural experiences but then when I got to the UK I thought oh, this is this is just so much more intense there's so many cultures there's so much and all the amazing aspects of culture that the art the history the language the the, the food I always come back to food <laughs> and I just loved it and I met so many wonderful not just um English but you know, British people but you know I suppose yes British people British people in the umbrella of what of what the UK is. I mean, I was I was in London, so I know that's not a full dynamic of the entire entire island. But um, it's oh, I just I just loved it. I had so many great experiences, and I got to musically. I got to see a lot of musicians. So that that is the tough thing in Australia. Is it is so remote, mm-hmm. and you're in Australia. You it's you know it's of course you can leave, but it's a lot harder. It's a lot longer. It's 
it's more expensive, you know, to, to leave uh, given the distance. And being in the UK, I was off to, you know, all over Europe and all over the UK. And it, oh, there's an artist that I that I love that's playing and they're playing in Glasgow. Great, let's go to Glasgow for the weekend. There's stuff like that. You, you just think about you, you could just think about I mean, right. it's, yeah, it's, yeah, and I think. Yeah, so even in Mel if I was living in Melbourne, if there was someone, okay, Sydney maybe, but I don't think that their mindset would have been the same to have actually left Melbourne right. because probably the artist would have played in Melbourne as well. But, um, <laughs> you know, if someone was going just to Perth, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought, oh, then I'll yeah. go to Perth. That wouldn't have been my first my first um, thought. So I think it changed my mindset and um, a lot and opened my eyes to a lot of things. And yeah, I just got to really grow up in, in that environment. So it was really nice. Yeah, I think I think London does that to you. I, I I was in London for a year, uh, and I was I wasn't writing before that. I was just uh, in too much into my job, so I went there <laughs> for the job, and then stayed there a bit, and uh, looked around the place. And when I came back to uh, India, and I started writing songs. I don't know if that is what London does to you, but London. Wow. Gives you a lot of yeah. You went there right? for the money, came back with the art. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> London is a very multicultural place, you know. I mean, you'll find a lot of different type of people living there and living all living there together. I, I don't know how, but I mean, it, it's the only huh? only other place then India that I've seen that a lot of people with different type of uh, cultures living together without even thinking about it. That is really interesting, isn't it? Because I think the same. I know that, I mean, Australia is a very peaceful country, using that as a reference. I mean, Brazil and living here, Brazil is the most, in, in my in my opinion, Brazil is the most religi religiously and culturally calm place you will see. You just don't see issues surrounded, you know, around religion here. It's beautiful. Um, you know, like I have mine, you have yours, fantastic, great. Let's all celebrate that faith and move on. You know, it's not even a question. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Whereas in Australia, I think it's a bit more you just don't talk about these things rather than there's not an issue, do you know what I mean? Um, and and I found that was something really inter interesting in in the UK as well, that, that so many cultures and for the most, I mean, of course, you see different things happening and, but it wasn't quite so, wasn't as prevalent as I would have expected what because there the are culture? so many people. Right, what were, what were the dominant cultures in UK? Like you said, it's multicultural. What was the larger proportion or larger majority of cultures which really dominated the whole cultural strata of UK, according to you? Was it Indians as well, or like, what was it like? Um, I think that it was just pretty mixed. Where It depends where you live as well. Pat, where were you? So I was uh, I was living near Heathrow, uh, somewhere around the airport, because that's where uh, I was working. So it had, it had mostly uh, a lot of Indians, basically. But yeah. <laughs> because, because of that, again, because of where they work, basically. So yeah, there were a lot of Indians that at that part of town and but I mean there are other people living there are people from, from Poland as well living around yeah. working there and I think every uh, every culture is there in the same city yeah that's what I, yeah. That's what I had I think my my closest friends were actually Indian and um and Jamaican oh. yeah they were my like super big close friends and so I learned a lot about Indian food and culture through my friend Nina what and her family. Oh no, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> no, I think it's for me it's the food. I mean, oh my gosh, I got so fat going to her house and her family. It's, it's, it's kind of like Brazil as well. We're very focused on making sure no one is hungry. You've got to eat. Have you eaten? Oh, you haven't eaten enough. I've eaten enough for four people. I have certainly eaten enough food. And it's just constantly <laughs> 
they basically indian grand homes so i mean <laughs> that's, that's you go to you go to your hometown and like if you spend time with your grandmother she's going to ensure you eat a meal for four people so it's like that right right that's great that's um, that's really passionate there's a lot of warmth in that so that's that wonderful actually so yeah, yeah. so yeah coming yeah, so, back to that what what's your favorite indian dish please tell us ah I love, I love, I, I feel, oh God, I feel like I'm going to pronounce everything wrong and embarrass myself. So I apologize in it, but I love, did we say, I've seen it written differently in, in Brazil and in, in, in the UK. Um, pakora, is it pakora? Pakora. Pakora. Yes. Yeah. You're bang on. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I love pakora and I love, um oh, see, i love lamb so any kind of curry that's got and you can serve me curry any which way and i will be a happy girl i yeah. love i love naan bread i mean that's oh, yeah. it's just All such com- i think that's oh indian food is such comfort food you know it's it's so warm. Yeah. i love spicy food and i didn't eat spicy food before before mm. um and i developed my friendship with with nina and she said don't worry it's not spicy it's not spicy but no it's not spicy for you yeah. <laughs> It's spice tolerant towards from people to people, yeah. But yeah, Indians are genetically very tolerant towards spice, most of them. So I mean, what, what might be really spicy to you might be just like <laughs> what doesn't matter, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. But, that's wonderful. Yeah, sorry, please continue. No, I have a question because I mean, for me, that I I feel like this is going to be such a, a like a foreigner kind of answer, a question. But I love butter chicken, but. As an Indian, would you actually eat butter chicken? Is that really? Oh yeah, Most yeah. Yes. I'm a vegetarian though, but I, I yeah, I mean, I, yeah, but I, 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 I get the hype. I, it's absolutely a prevalent thing here, and people love it. So yeah, yeah, it's it's universal. The love for butter chicken is universal. It crosses. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It unifies. It unifies the world. It unifies. It does. It does. It's so good. It's so good. And then I mean, things that you know, you grow up thinking you hear of tandoori chicken, you don't realize that the tandoor is actually the apparatus to cook. The chicken, mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. the spices. And you think, oh, right, you know, right. I learned so much, so many things. You just, you, know, you see, you don't, you don't understand. But and that's you. You said you're vegetarian. I think for me, there's no way to do vegetarianism. No better way to do vegetarianism than to do it with Indian cuisine. It's just so tasty. It's so tasty. But, so, I, I, yeah, the thing is actually uh, with Indian cuisine. Uh, I mean, uh, the the things that people know about Indian cuisine uh, are very very. it's just the tip of the iceberg to be honest yeah. right so exactly. i mean we so that that's the struggle every indian has if they are vegetarian and they go outside india they struggle with the food because in exactly. india you will find a lot of vegetarian things right. to eat and and i mean as as good as butter chicken <laughs> to be honest yeah, yeah, <laughs> so we have we have the cottage cheese here which is paneer we call it paneer here so mm-hmm. butter paneer we have butter paneer paneer is ah. our, yeah. Yeah, you have that and you really won't miss butter chicken for the great wow. okay, I, I love that right right yeah so the thing about india is that there's so many cultures like uh, the fact is that we ourselves are alienated to so much right yeah and uh, whatever you guys or anybody gets to eat largely us also in the places that we go is usually the popularized thing but if mm. you go to different parts of the country if you go there's a lot of local uh, subtext uh, to the food there's a lot of local context and it could have to, uh, to do a lot with uh, what the crop uh, what the uh, farmers mm. produce out there mm. what the culture has to do and what are the weather conditions like if you go to like a hilly place you will have a different kind of cuisine which is a little more spicy because people are a little, little difficult but i feel the best part about india is that we have a lot of variety in terms of vegetarian food yeah. people mm. really uh miss a big vegetarian even though like somebody uh, like me could struggle on a certain days thinking that uh, the gym freaks find it really difficult because you really need your protein and all of that but uh, yeah 
it's 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 that it's that. But yeah, I I I would really I would really uh, uh, suggest you going and finding some good Indian spot and have the vegetarian food. If they make it authentically, nothing mm-hmm. like it. I'm telling you, you won't miss the foreign food one bit. It's it's. Nah, really good. Uh, I'm not actually. I've got another question. There is <laughs> a little there's a little sauce that comes from. We have a we have three Indian restaurants now in Brasilia. This is like a big deal. Oh, <laughs> And there's a little sauce that comes with. I don't remember having. I don't remember having it in the UK. And I think when I'm in Australia, I don't usually have, which I should have Indian in Australia because there's so many Indian people in Australia. The food's probably yeah, pretty yeah, authentic. Yeah, absolutely. You're everywhere. You're everywhere. So it's yeah. good. It's great. I love it. <laughs> But this sauce, it's green, and is the most refreshing thing you will have. Oh, it goes, uh, yeah, that has. Um, What's it called? Mint. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it underpins people. Uh, people uh, name it green chutney, so it's it's like ah. it's, it's green, so it's green chutney. But it has nice. mint. That's what that's what you would have felt. Yeah, nice. It, it, it has. It has, uh, yeah, it has mint. It has coriander. It has uh, chilies. Chilies. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a good mix. Ah, of so things. good. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, it's good. A it's a staple of the diet here. Like if you're having a snack or something, it's a must. Mm-hmm. Or, Got to. Uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It's a life changer that one. I love it. I can't. <laughs> yeah. That and we keep. We always order uh, extra pots of spice from the Indian restaurant, and we put it in all our food. Right. That's the case with us with Shizwan. So uh, Shizwan is a very the Shizwan the Chinese uh, sauce that they make. Is really ah. Indian people are a lot very fond of Chinese food. With, really. We have a whole iteration of Chinese food, which is Desi Chinese, which is not. Mm-hmm. Which is which is not your yeah. traditional uh, Mandarin food that you have, which is served with chopsticks. We have like our own versions of noodles, which is really like really like uh, I, how do you say spiced up basically. Yeah. yeah like yeah, if you if you have that, then you don't eat something for two days. It's that. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. So we tend to get into it, and then yeah, so we have like our own Manchurian. We have like veg Manchurian also. I don't know whether that's a thing abroad. And then so it's it's really it's really uh, so yeah. I mean like like you said, chutney. We have we are really fond of the cheese one, the spicy sauce. That comes with Chinese food, so yeah, I mean, nice. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. but yeah, I think hot sauces are also really picking up in India. I mean, uh, all the kind of hot sauces you guys have, and uh, your mustard and your pickles, uh, yeah. So all of those things are really, I, I think, a part of. I think India has sort of embraced like a local, global sort of thing in terms of food, where it's not only one cuisine anymore. Because and and uh, on top of it, what we are doing as Indians is we are taking the every cuisine and just <laughs> remaking it. As yeah. a, Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah, we don't have a lot of spice in Brazilian cuisine. It's really, it's we have a lot of salt, um, and it's really flavorsome. But it's not at all spicy. There are only one or two dishes that have spice. I mean, they have a lot. It's very, very spicy. Um, but overall, it's just not part of it's not part of our our culture. And it's really interesting if you look at the rest of Latin America. Then right. you know you have a lot of cultures with a lot of spice, a lot of jalapeno, and right. we don't we don't use it. We don't at all. Even yeah, even at, here at home. I mean, we when we have Indian food or if we make Thai food, we mm-hmm. I have a lot more spice than than the rest yeah. because I love it. Right. But it's it's kind of like whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah. Because I suppose when you're not yeah. used to it, it's it's mm-hmm. hard on your stomach mm-hmm. when you're not used to it. Right. Right. You know. Right. Right. No, I think I think the fact that there's a lot of globalization in terms of like we have a Taco Bell here and we have a McDonald's here or we have a KFC here. So I think we really are sort of unified. Of course, like McDonald's will also serve their own version of like an Indian sort of burger. We call it. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, should, you should really have the Indian McDonald's. You really love it. 
I'm not even kidding. That's and, amazing. I I missed I missed the Indian McDonald's in London, by the way. I missed, yeah. Really? Yeah, I missed eating from McDonald's in India. That's, that's how good it is. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard anything about McDonald's under any circumstances. So this is brilliant. <laughs> hey, give me happy news also. I don't know whether that's a thing there, but you have. I think, I, I think that's that's the happy. Yeah. Yeah. Happy news. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you probably might get some Indian. That little toy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I I don't even I don't even know if my I haven't eaten McDonald's in a long time, but. Oh. Right. That smell, but that smell—that honestly, it's, it's such a unique smell. Is it the smell of McDonald's? Right. And it does right. make you hungry. That's the secret of their business. That smell. Yeah. They are not yeah. making any good food. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's got to be because I think I'm just thinking. I haven't been near a McDonald's, which is probably the reason I haven't had McDonald's in such a long time. I haven't had that right. smell. Right. Oh my like when you, gosh! When you're walking there at McDonald's. You just all of a sudden just start sleepwalking. You just get inside of McDonald's because it's very loud. I'm hungry. Suddenly, I'm hungry. Oh, oh gosh! <laughs> this podcast has turned from a songwriter podcast. To I know. <laughs> like the food. <laughs> oh, but that's completely fine. That's completely fine. What we what we consume, what we eat, what we are about is what we make art about. So I think. Yes. So yeah. We Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Right. Totally so, agree. Absolutely. So you tell me, what is? Uh, so how long have you been in Brazil? Like how long have you been staying there? So I've been back here for ten, uh, eleven years now. Like this is oh, wow. this is where. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're so. Brazilian now. You're you're like a proper Brazilian now. I think ten, eleven years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm Brazilian Australian. I'm both. I just <laughs> okay. I was just born in Australia. Uh-huh. Yeah. And my yeah, and because my mom is Australian, my and my one of my grandmas, um, she's she's German, and I just look like them. <laughs> but yeah so i think all those things are going back to your original question all of those things like all the different cultural elements of where i've lived and who i've lived with and within my family and seeing a lot of tolerance and intolerance around different cultures as well and these things they stay with you because you know, I think especially as musicians and, and artists and songwriters, we feel a lot more than than people who are not necessarily in those in these in these areas. And and you internalize that and then you express from what you what you've you know you've had, you've got inside of you. And I think that I think for me as a my style as a songwriter, I'm very much a you know a storyteller of what I've experienced or observed. And so all of my songs have to do with my my life and my experiences. And not that I can think of one at the top of my head that's specifically to a cultural, a cultural, um, ex- one particular uh, cultural experience. But you know that, of course, that that influences everything because that changes my perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. My perspective is from someone that's had all of those experiences. And I think in life, you know, the the more you are, the more culturally diverse you are. I found the more surrounded by culturally diverse people you are. And so when you come into contact with people that are a little bit less culturally diverse or experienced. Mm-hmm. And, they, and that doesn't have to be your family from all over the place like mine is. That could be just right. by watching different films and listening to different music and looking at different art and, you know, having interest in food. You don't have that. Then it's just, it's a totally different perspective. And that's not to say it's right or wrong. It's just an entirely different perspective. And, you know, the, the blocks of those perspectives are really different. And, and I would say that definitely the way that I've been raised and, live, you know, lived the places I've lived and things I've experienced are really present in in my songs and 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 the way the way that i write 
that's that's wonderful actually because i think that you like have a cultural objectivity you know because i think you have seen everything you put yourself in different shoes in terms of like staying in different places having a culturally diverse family like the one you have and i think yeah that's that's really interesting because then you have all these influences you have all these pov's uh, point of views on uh, you know how things are certain ways you have all these i think these feelings within you i think every culture has like a feeling to it like mm-hmm. there's like a there's like a soundscape indian uh, music also we have all these uh, you know traditional uh, instruments like harmonium and yeah. th- that's all you end up growing so i think your musical uh, the database that you have or the sort of when you channelize your songwriting through like uh, how like you said like storytelling is your medium i think you are very i think it it already makes you really stand out from everybody else because what you're doing is can't be replicated because not everybody can exactly live that same life and yeah. uh, Yeah so that that's that's really interesting that's really interesting so uh, how when did you start songwriting like when did you get into music was it like a thing that you always always been a part of your childhood or is it something that you picked up uh, along the way how was it been I like? think I think that I I'm, I've always loved music since childhood at, at home we always had music on I think that's right. the first thing right. um it was had music on um I mean when I remember when we were young my my father had a guitar he didn't play it really much but it was there and it was like, like oh let me let me have a try kind of thing and then when yeah. I was about I must have been about 9 or 8 or 9 I started doing guitar lessons my mm-hmm. oma my that's all my german for grandma so my my oma she is, she has a I think it's an indian instrument a sitar is it sitar sitar so my oma she has one i don't know why and i don't know how but when we were kids i can remember getting it out and it was that you know you can touch it but do not you know this is sit down <laughs> this it, is yeah, right. nobody's gonna break this so i don't have to ask her where where it is but she's been around for a while my oma she she turned 100 last year so oh wow yeah yeah <laughs> yep she's seen some things so So I have to ask her what happened to the guitar. But um yeah and then from there I just liked singing and dancing and I my sisters and I would always be singing and dancing and so I did guitar lessons so I was terrible absolutely terrible not it was really really bad and I tried I really so I'm going through because I'm learning the guitar as of now and I, uh, I learned fretting and learned strumming and you know understanding all the so I don't know whether you guys know about this like to understand the chords like uh, a d a dynamite goodbye ad like e a d g a b so yeah. i just like a lot of information overload but yeah i can't see the chords tough it's tough and trying you think suddenly you have such an appreciation for like flexibility in your hands like i didn't even know that hands could be flexible like yeah <laughs> i need another one so i did that and then um i think by the time when i was about i think i was 13 i started to get really sick and i ended up in the hospital and it turns out i couldn't find the reason of what what was actually causing this illness and it turns out it was it was just epilepsy but it was it was um you know a long a long period a lot of hospital trips um a lot of medicines and you know one of the diagnostics was was just taking forever so they put me in hospital for a couple of weeks to just do observations and and during that period i think it was really when i first started writing and i just sort of you know jot things down and was really embarrassed about you know the fact that i'd written something that i'm never going to show anyone anything and then i don't know at, at which point i don't know at which point i said oh i'm i can write songs and and went right. forward with that but um because i never played an instrument independently 
um, it was hard because I depended on other people to take those songs forward. So I actually started doing something with those songs much, much, much later on. So only really when I got back to Brazil, I um, I found, I did like a, uh, what do you call it in English? Um, I kind of like an I suppose an audition. I called it to audition to be my musician. Mm-hmm. And right. they they came and they were just amazing. Like you know, I would have been happy with someone that could play four chords. <laughs> and they were just so incredible. And and so these guys, we play together, we write together until today. And this was you know, like almost a decade, or oh, no, probably about six, five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean they they went to music school, they graduated in their instruments, they're they're proper, you know, bona fide musicians, they're brilliant. And so we write together and we write really really well we wrote bricks in um mm-hmm. my first single from from last year first single that was to be, that was released right. and we're working on a on a few others at the moment that hopefully will come out in this year and then we've got an album we're working on too which hopefully towards the end of the year will will come out but that whole writing things and you know everyone i think uh, you guys know you, you have your own writing style so it's not just about getting people in to put the rest to the song it's mm-hmm. you've got to get right. people that get your perspective that right and, yeah it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you so mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 you, you go on, go on, I'll start off. All right. So, what I wanted to know is like when you said that when you started writing songs for the first time, you just wrote down lyrics. So, was, it, was there some melody attached to it, or were you just writing song lyrics down and just, you know, trying to sort of channelize the feeling that you wanted to, or and then you eventually picked up the guitar or, you know, just sort of try to articulate them into like a tune or something of that sort? What was it like for you? Or did you like already have like a tune in mind or something for the song that you No. I've always been the same and it all comes out together. It's the lyrics right. and the melody at the same time. And generally, if I start it, I finish it. And if I don't finish it, it's done. It stays in that state. Right. It's I'm, I'm not being one to come back and say, oh, I'll go back to that and I'll finish it later. Like, the inspiration is either there it's or it's not. Yeah, so that's very much how I, I operate. I know a lot of songwriters that are entirely different and they'll map out sort of a, like almost like a brainstorming, I suppose. Think of a situation and think about things with that. It's, quite, it's more... Um, uh, methodol- methodological. Is that how you say in English? I can't remember. Sure, that's, that's <laughs> methodological. I think that I could be adding an extra syllable in there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. um, but um, whereas with me, it's kind of, I think it's kind of organic, is probably the right word to associate with the process. It bubbles up right. or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's how well, that, that reminds me of the uh, your song Bricks, right? So uh, I was looking at your, watching the interview that you, you did for the song. And you mentioned that this was a, a like 10-15 minutes a complete completed uh, song, right? So, so just just tell us about that. I mean, how did that happen? Because the lyrics, by the way, are so relatable. If anyone uh, has been in London, the chorus is so relatable. Like oh, I was listening to it, and I was like, yeah. man, why, did, why didn't I write a song on London? <laughs> that's, that's the thing. That... <laughs> oh, Pad, thank you. That's really kind. That's really sweet. Thank you. But it was it was one of those things because um, the same guys that I wrote that I wrote with, as I mentioned, Bruno and Almir, um, we were rehearsing as we do in my lounge room or in my old apartment. Now I'm in, I live in a house, but we wrote that when I was in my apartment, my tiny little apartment. And um, and I just I don't know, it just came out. And then I said to Bruno, Can, you know, what do you think? And then he just made you know the whole thing up as like just the start of it is that it actually began as he was just messing about he was literally just messing about on the guitar and then did this 
hang on a second. And so I wrote it and then Almi is just ridiculous. It's almost a, it's obscene how good he is. At, you could give him a box and he will take, make it into the most complex drum that you've ever heard in life. He's just ridiculously good at what he does. But he's come in and suddenly it's sounding like a song. And Bruno said, hey, just give me a second. And what are we going to do here? This is, what I'm, this is what is in my head. It's what I want. So he just, he just made it up. I don't know how he just, the three of us, I think the way that we, we all think musically in a similar way, I think that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Musically, mm-hmm. we think and speak the same language. And they have, and I think that is, that's a very cultural thing as well, because we've all lived abroad. We're all Brazilian to a certain extent, but we have very different, very different backgrounds. I've spent less time in them in Brazil. They've spent less time out of Brazil, but in very different places. So Bruno used to live in Alaska. Who goes and lives in Alaska? <laughs> and, um, and then Almi, he went and studied in Sweden. You know, mm-hmm. so these are really different things. So we've all got these very, very unique kind of perspectives and it somehow it just works. We get what the other one's trying to express or kind of, because it's beyond that. It's one starts and the other's just kind of like, oh, I think I know where we're going here. We just go along and then there's a song. And it, literally within 10, 15 minutes, that Brixton was written. It was just written. And I was so happy because it, apart, as, as, as you said, who's been in London, I think can relate to it. Brixton is a, is a, a little neighborhood in 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 London for anyone who's watching doesn't know and it's just so cool there it's so cool it's so unpretentious I love it there <laughs> oh is it okay yeah yeah it's just so down to earth and uh you know because there is that side of London it's all a bit glamorous and you know lots of neighborhoods are they're famous for being this side or the other and mm-hmm. you know it's a different vibe and Brixton is not famous for being pretty or it's famous for the riots in the, in the sixties, you know, they had a lot of racial um, issues there, a lot of issues with the right. police. I mean, it's got a very dark history. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, it was a really noble neighborhood. And so those, the, they've got mansion blocks of houses that are all there. They're, um, oh, how do you say that in English? <gasps> when the houses are all attached, one stuck on the wall to the other. I can't remember how you say that, but they're all, it was a big mansion essentially. And they've been divided up into houses all stuck together and they're just incredible the whole, it's beautiful you know it's beautiful and there's a lot of people that are coming in and, and doing up a lot of the area as well which is some gorgeous places down there but I just always like the people and it's super culturally diverse you can find food for, uh, oh, back to food sorry we are going to change it to uh, taste food. Taste good. Yeah. <laughs> I have to put a warning. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Exactly. But it's, it is, I mean, you come out of Brixton Station and you've got a lot of other uh, huge Jamaican culture. And so you come right. out and you've got these, the beautiful drums, you know, those deep inverted drums, the Caribbean drums, and that mm-hmm. it's so rich and full sounding. And you come out, you're like, oh, it's like a party out here. It's raining and it's gloomy, but you've got this amazing music. And, and it's just, like I said, I love it. Unpretentious, super chill, lots of music, right. lots of food. That's so wonderful. It's, it's so nice that you sort of had, like, I mean, the song might be of three, four minutes, but the fact that you have such a vast POV in terms of like architecture, what the people are like, like you said, it's like down to earth. Then there's music, there's so much culture. This is such a fascinating aspect about art is that you have so much and then you can condense it into like a three to four minute thing or, you know, just depending on how you want to put it together. That's, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. And like you said, that I think you were into storytelling. So that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. 
I haven't heard Britain yet, but now I'm just going to your I'm going to your course. Ah, good. Uh, I have to check it out. Go yeah. <laughs> to absolutely, absolutely, and I hope that I feel. I I think it's a cheaper way of London tourism. I think far. Especially now, it's like wow. Yeah, I think the people, the, the higher officials of UK, are going to be like, listen, you got to stop playing that. Song. People are not coming anymore. <laughs> people are just starting experiencing London. Anyway, the pandemic. And now you're doing this, but yeah, that's that's, that's, wonderful. <laughs> that's wonderful. What is the speaking of lockdown? What is the state in Brazil right now? Are people is it is it better or like compared to other countries? Or what is what is it like? For COVID, from what um, I've I've got pretty close ties to to London. Um, I worked for the British government for a long time whilst I was when I first came back to Brazil, and oh, wow. um, okay. yeah, yeah, and from you know they're still in they're in lockdown, but I mean proper lockdown you know mm-hmm. don't right. leave your house at all you know you've got mm-hmm. this time to leave and go walk and come back it's serious this is the second time i think that they're in lockdown and you know it's uh, i i i want to try not to speak about covid because I, i don't want to be offensive to anyone being but i feel like you know we have these multiple lockdowns because people are not doing what they need to be doing you know i know it's not and totally. it's not a simple task it's not a simple task but nobody wants to be in lockdown it's awful you know it's really tough really tough mm-hmm. to be stuck inside your house but totally. we got to deal with it yeah 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 I, i can relate to that because i think everybody has you know sort of un- unless you're from australia where it's completely normal out there but uh, yeah i mean yeah but no 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 absolutely i we completely relate to that because uh, we also have been i mean things have eased up a little bit out here uh, for the past few months But yeah, it was it was pretty serious the kind of lockdowns that we had, where it was not even permissible for us to you know sort of step out of our house like to even get food for like uh, yeah. larger uh, duration of the day. So yeah, it can get wow. jarring. Yeah, I think initially it was a little bit of fun where you thought like it's like a picnic and all of us are you know just going to be at home, lay around. Yeah, you don't have to go to the office and all that. Yeah, and people also, there was this thing called I don't know whether it's uh, it's uh, a thing out there. There's this thing called the Dalgona coffee. Which was like a trend uh, mm-hmm. in India, so everybody was making the Dalgona coffee. And when they realized this thing is going to last for like another year, they were like, <laughs> "Go back to basics." So yeah, so, yeah it was, it was let's let's go back to butter chicken. Let's do some music because yeah, but yeah, that's 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 great. That's great. So uh, you tell me uh, who are your favorite artists? Like who are the people all all around the world? Uh, who are the people that you really like in terms of musicality? It could be other artists as well. It doesn't necessarily need to be musicians. Okay. Okay. Um, well, oh, there's so many. So I think, like, from growing up, my favorites since I was a kid till till now are definitely Prince and Janet Jackson. And I think that different things, different songs, maybe not maybe not Britney as such, but you can definitely hear influences. And I think the songs that I'll release later this year, you'll hear more of that. Um, but who I listen to a lot at the moment is um, Emily King. She's from the U.S. and oh, her voice is just amazing. It's just beautiful. Um, I listen to some. I love electronic music as well, um, and yeah, and I love Big Wild. Um, who does some really? It's it's just really. What's the word? I don't even say catchy, but it's. I don't know. It's got it's got depth to it. It's really mm-hmm. nice. I really like mm-hmm. I like this stuff. Right, right. People um, usually don't expect that from electronic music. Whereas that's yeah. A lot of musicians are doing that. People just think that it's all it's all dance music and music that you get high to and sort of enjoy to. People sort of think that for techno as well. We had a few techno artists on our podcast, and there was a lot of general consensus that techno music is music you get yeah. high to. Sort of yeah. There's so much more depth. Absolutely good that you mentioned that. Absolutely, yeah. So who? Yeah. Right. Who are the other artists you like in terms of EDM? It's really yeah, and I love I like um, drum and bass as well. 
And so I'm a bit partial to the Brazilian artists in drum and bass because I love the way they bring in our our traditional instruments. And it just, I think it adds another level of feeling to mm-hmm. it instead of, I don't know, if, I think for people that don't listen to drum and bass or haven't, it has kind of an image of being just, it's a really male dominated, it is a really male dominated scene, but, and it's yeah. very sort of like an angry, angry sound of just hard <laughs> beats you know and I mean it it can it can be that um but it's also got some lighter beats I like Pachi and and, um DJ Mark these are like old school guys and then some Mm -hmm. new ones like like Vangeli and Alibi these are really cool artists um and then who else I'm I I found um watching a a TV series recently I found two bands who I just love one's a singer I think she's British but I think I think she's of Indian descent if I'm not wrong um uh, her name is Charlotte O.C. Charlotte O.C. but yeah the it's well the show is called um Virgin River I think it's Canadian mm-hmm. but right, the yeah, yeah and but her song's in one of the scenes and it was just it's just such a perfect whoever, this show whoever does the sync licensing for this show deserves a pay rise because they have the best songs <laughs> the soundtrack's incredible and the other song is from the same one and it's a band called Sunny Cleveland you know, okay. I don't know where they're from but they have a song called Bring It On Back and it's that old soul and you can you can just hear all the instruments and I think that's something that I've missed yeah. a lot. I think that I like that in even in Big Wild there's a really strong um a, a guitar riff that's quite present and it's just it reminds you of how you know when you hear real organic instruments it gives you a, a very visceral response you know you feel it in your skin right. and each of these artists that I've mentioned I think that's what it is about them that I really like their key key use of of instruments in a way that mm-hmm. is now, it's not just dull, dulled down by a bunch of synths. So not that I have anything against synths, but I think that it can be a bit over-present in a lot of the music that's released at the moment. I think these artists manage, manage that to be stylistically you know, relevant, but without compromising that a beautiful organic sound of, of instruments. And I really resonate right. with that. That's, that's amazing. And that's amazing. Because I, I really like the fact that you mentioned the, uh, that they have a guitarist because I feel that instruments really contribute to the soul of like a song. I, I genuinely feel that when there's instrumentation uh, involved, I, I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of EDM artists also use instruments and like voices to like sort of, you know, make the beat and make that a part of how they produce stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think Martin Garrix also uses a lot of, I don't know whether you're aware of Martin Garrix. He's a very... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. So Martin Garrix is also, so uh, India is, uh, we have this, uh, like, uh, there's Tomorrowland uh, abroad, we have this festival mm-hmm. called Sunboard. Mm-hmm. And we have all your people, whether it's Dimitri Vegas, like Mike, DJ Snake, or Martin Garrix, or uh, David Guetta, uh, Skrillex, all these people come to India as well. So we have a huge scene, but mm-hmm. because of COVID, we're not having all of that. So yeah, we, we, uh, there's a lot of units. I think uh, Justin Bieber just came and performed a few years back out here in our country. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Mike, whether it's Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson had a very famous show wow. many years back. So I, we are wow. very, very well connected with like the scene abroad. New Two also came and performed in India, I think, mm-hmm. a year and a half back. So, nice. Yeah. And yeah. Coldplay also came. Coldplay came three yep. years back. We, we are completely in sync with uh, whatever's happening. The majority in terms of whatever is popular. So, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. So, uh, uh, you tell me, uh, where do you see yourself? Uh, like you started, uh, you know, you just put out two singles as far as I'm aware, right? Right now, so are there yeah. plans of venturing or scaling into like an album or like an extended playlist, like an EP? What, what, what are your plans yeah. right now? What, how do you yeah. 
So the plan, <laughs> the plan was to release two singles in an album last year, but we all know what happened last year. So that didn't happen. There, so there now, was no last year. There was nothing. There was no last year. <laughs> like a big timeout. Timeout. So last year was a bit. It was a bit unexpected. So this year I've got. I released Height, and Height was just released three three weeks ago yeah so um with and that's a duet i wrote with um well i wrote it and invited another brazilian artist um analelia who's a beautiful singer has sort of a bossa nova influence to her voice um and so i invited her to to come along and um and so we we did that and that was unexpected that was not on the plan but it was it was so nice i really i really love the song and and her interpretation is beautiful um so i, I that came out and then in shortly there'll be another one that comes out which is actually totally different it's got a real kind of 90s you know in the 90s they really drew on the 70s kind of that kind of feel and then i've got another album and i've got three albums that i'm recording as well uh, sorry three four albums. albums that i'm recording yeah yeah so short oh, albums but albums <laughs> so i've got a lot of stuff a lot of stuff coming coming out it's just a matter of um yeah a bit of a bit of time and coordination i work with one of my producers is in Australia, another is in Berlin, and that's wow. an electronic song. Yeah, mm -hmm. and another collaboration with a Brazilian artist, CBG. She wrote the the, the music, and then I wrote the, the top line. Um, and but the producers in in Berlin, and and then my my I've got two songs that I'm working on. I'm so excited. I hope that they're ready soonish, which are unaffiliated with with either albums. But once um, uh, it's a mix. It's Portuguese and English, which is which is fun to do because most of my stuff that I write is is um, that I record is in in English but it's nice to right. to have some Portuguese stuff as as well. That's well, so it's, cool. I mean like you said that music unifies so I mean I think it just it just boils down to how yeah that's, that's great. I mean I'm excited to hear part that you sent it for Yeah so uh, I mean you talked about heart and how you invited Analelia to do a collaboration. So how was that experience and uh, because I mean I I listened to Heart and I was like thank you for introducing me to Analelia. So I, I, I think I, I was like, as you mentioned, she has a pretty strong voice, right? So how was it like, you know, working with her and how uh, was that experience for her? It was so lovely. It was so lovely. Um, we, we knew each other before. We actually sang in, um, there's a group of, of five of us in here in Brasilia. And in 2019, we got together and did a big benefit show for mm -hmm. uh, Pink October. Mm -hmm. And... Anna was the organizer of that event, and that was myself okay. and, and three other three other women. And the event was just was really it was really successful. And then um, uh, a really uh, a, a famous composer pianist um, from Brazil reached out and invited us to sing with him. And then oh, wow. we did a show based on he's a he's a uh, the the maestro for kind of the. I don't know how to say, I'll give a reference point, but he's kind of, he's referred to as the king of music mm -hmm. in Brazil. Mm -hmm. right. And um, so it's, it's his, maestro, his maestro. And then we did a show of all of, of Roberto Carlos, that's, that's the, the king, his songs. Okay. And through that, so we'd already worked together and become friends. And when I wrote the song, I wrote, I wrote it in, when was it, December last year? And I heard it and I thought, oh, I think, I, I, I really, I love duets. And I think that there's not, enough I think that it's really nice when you can get a few different <laughs> people in the same why not right and I thought oh I think Anna's voice would be so beautiful because it's so her voice is sweet and it's gentle and but she has moments of of strength as well she's 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 a 
beautiful singer. And um, I thought, I think that this boss at home will, will communicate the message um, of the song. And so I said to her, what do you think? And she's like, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. So we had to do it really quickly, but it was really, it was a bit stressful because with COVID, I haven't been going into, into the studio very much because I don't feel comfortable. Studio, studios mm-hmm. are a really easy place to, you know, yeah. in pro- close proximity, everyone's touching the same thing. It's sort of all the what not to do of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. health and safety protocols. So I said to her, well, how are we going to do this? So we actually recorded it individually um, and then sort of coached each other and then we'd meet up and have a Zoom conversation. Say, oh, I really like that you did this or that you did that. What about more of this? So we did it, but we weren't in the same room. And we actually weren't in the same studio. And then I had to come in and do a little bit more backing. And I went to the studio that she recorded in, which is actually hers. Um, and so it was really strange to, to record a duet. We've never sung it together. We've only it doesn't sung seem like... our parts. It's, yeah. it's crazy, you know, but we've, you know, we've had loads of conversations about it and, you know, about the story and doing all the media stuff together. But um, yeah, so I was so excited to, at some point, be able to, to perform it together. <laughs> but I'm glad you, I'll tell her that, that you loved her voice and, and, and her music. She'll be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, and it, it it never sounded like there were two different, I mean, two people in different places singing this. So it, yeah, kudos to yeah. both of you working on that. It's it was a yeah, it was a, a, a there's a lot that went into it, a lot of conversation. I think, I mean, as I said, we're friends, and I think we know each other well enough to to know where our minds are and communicate mm-hmm. that message. And I mean, she's a really sweet person. She's just a lovely, lovely human being. And so I think empathetically, she could transmit that message as well as. I could and the song was about was about me and my experience. So I was just uh, I was just it was wonderful. It was wonderful. That's that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean what I love what I love about uh, you know music is also that it unifies the people listening also and the people making it also and then it yeah. it's sort of like this uh, this common thread that you know just unites everybody and you know just ties people together in this you know beautiful uh, you know this cocoon of sorts. This is so such an amazing thing. But yeah, so uh, what is so are you, uh, my question to you is like, are you super uh, into like collaborating or I like, do you like to be your own like sort of singer songwriter who does her own stuff or like, do you do your stuff to a certain point and then you want to get other people into, you know, just polish it in aspects, whether it's producing, mixing, mastering or instrumentations and all of that. What is your, what is your approach towards music like? I think it's kind of yes to everything. I, I write, I like to do as much as I can myself, but I think that perspective is everything. So there are different things that, um, so for example, I had the song, you know, the, the melody and I, I'd written the lyric. And then I spoke to our producer who is a brilliant guitarist. And okay. and I think he's, we have a similar process. So he just pulled out the guitar and went, brum, 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 brum. And I was like, how did you do that? How did you just, where did you hear this song before? Like, <laughs> and, and so his perspective gave a new level of warmth to it because what I, from my perspective, was really sad. It's a really sad, the, this inspiration is so sad for this song. Mm-hmm. But the song itself is sweet and uplifting. And a lot of that is because of the guitar. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel sad. And, um, you know, and the people are saying, but why do you have an anatomical heart? So because it's about sickness, it's about death. You know, this is, it's about resilience and friendship and, and love in the context of two very, very, very sick children. And, you know, I said that, so that there's, there's that dimension of, of that there, but sorry, I did, I've gone off track. Um, but I think it's great to bring in, to bring in lots of different perspectives and, and you can build so much more. So if anyone wants to work, reach out, <laughs> reach out, reach out. <laughs> um, I love, I love that. 
yeah that's, that's so good that's so great i mean yeah people usually you know try to stick to their own lane and you know try to you know mind their own business but the fact that you look at it with abundance and you look at it with the fact that you know let's you know get come together but yeah, yeah i think that when there's that collective energy when there's that synergy to you know something that you're making i think if it's just about you know i mean two people could be radically different but when they meet to a, you know they come to a middle ground in terms of a particular uh, vision or a particular point yeah. of view and then they're contributing and you know collectively making and building that thing that work of art or that you know piece of work i think it's, yeah. it's something which can't which can't be put it together in words uh, i think it's just the, the the piece of work only speaks for itself you know that, i'm asking are you like are you like into books or do you read a lot do you yeah. read a lot yeah i love it uh, so the other half of anna clara haley is in education yes. so i've got a really rich oh, education background my mom's a teacher so ah really Yeah, it's addictive yeah. it's addictive once she's you start you cannot well. give that up <laughs> she's a musician as well so it's, it's really ah brilliant <laughs> i love her love your mom as <laughs> a brilliant she's like an award speech for day i love you love your mom <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i do a lot of i do a lot of work with um with children um and now i was originally a classroom teacher and now i am um now i work more with with teachers so i train teachers to give oh, them more wow. development yeah so at the moment i work i work in brazil and in mozambique so mm. the project i work with in mozambique is so cool i go into into the gorongosa national park which is i mean talk about be in the middle of nowhere <laughs> i'm literally in a, in a national park is huge and it's in a, an area that was devastated by civil war 21 years of civil war it's a, that's oh. ended about 16 years ago but still okay. there's a rebel base there it's it's a very interesting place to be but you know the teachers just don't get the the training they need so someone like me comes in and i get to work right. with them and and help them improve their their teaching abilities and then that just has such a big impact because you know they're raising the nation aren't they they've got the youth and and giving yeah. them a better education is better for for everyone involved but it's interesting a lot of the research that i use comes out of um uk work that was done in india so there's a lot of really good information that that india's wow. the base the, the base study yeah yeah really really interesting techniques Yeah, they're really relevant to to Brazil as well. There's a lot of a lot of you know situations within the countries that align and and the techniques that have have worked in in increasing education and access and really good stuff. It's super, I mean, super relevant to, relevant to everywhere. But it just it, the studies were were done in in India. Wow, that's that's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. I mean, I think once you you know sort of become a teacher, I think the first step to becoming a teacher is you know selflessness. I feel because you are really putting yourself out there. I think teachers tend to have a higher sense of empathy. and emotional intelligence and a lot of self awareness and you know uh, yeah. so yeah i think those are really good qualities to have for like an artist also music per se musician per se so yeah has it really sort of helped you in terms of uh, how you look at the world uh, are you a little more empathetic towards things in general yeah. uh, do you feel that uh, you can look at people with a more optimistic angle and you yeah. feel you see the human side to people has it has that been the case for you absolutely absolutely and i think even though i mean i was born in australia and i grew up in a, a very privileged environment very very privileged environment and then i was in the uk again you know i didn't have quite the same level of comfort but still a very very comfortable life um but through my education work i'd always been working not always but i'd been in classrooms but i'd always been in, at least in schools where there was a focus on both sides of that equation and then you know having i was in thailand for a little bit and then i was yeah. out here and you know there's there's a lot of places that i mean privilege doesn't even cover the the disparity you know it's not privilege it's just abject and the abject poverty and and you know it just makes you look at things with a different 
a different perspective come back to perspective you know and thinking mm, okay this isn't this isn't everyone's reality and okay this is this 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 is these people's reality how do we make the most of you know what we can do here because you know, the solutions are long term but seeing as we're here right now what can we do to to make a little make a little bit of difference and and you know leave some some legacy for these for these people to move forward and have more avenues and things so absolutely that is that is and that has helped me as a person, um, as a as an artistic, you know, as a definitely a pool of inspiration and and putting yourself out there, seeing other people, other people. I think one thing that I got to work with a lot when I worked for the British government too around these issues was a creative economy. So you see people speak in, in Brazil, people that you have nothing, so you got to do something and you just use your own creativity to build. So that could be music or art or cuisine, or food. It could be uh, services and goods, you know, anything. And you think, wow, that that's putting yourself out there. That is putting yourself out there, you know, to make make sure you got a life for yourself and your family. I learned I learned a lot from from those things too. And does does wow. I mean does music help in that uh, in a way? Does it like does it give you uh, opportunity to use? Do you do you get opportunities to use music as a medium as well to you know, educate people or? Well, that's that's really interesting part that you say that because for me at the moment they are quite separate worlds. I have Sonakara Hey, and then I use right. my Anna and my and my last surname for my Anna Gojet, which is for my my education work. Your music, and your musical career is like an alter ego, like you're. <laughs> <laughs> But my my ultimate goal, yeah, is for them to be. I'm a musician full time, and I use that to focus and shine light on issues in 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 education as much as possible. So I've been lucky that I've been able to do that, and even through just with the the girls that I mentioned that I, I sang with Dana Lel in the group, and we did a we do a lot through that to assist kids in education and things like that. Pretty much all we do is benefit work. Pretty much mm -hmm. everything is benefits, wow. and so everything we do we find a a place that usually has to do with kids in education. So yeah, but hopefully that's that's exactly my plan to have my music be a, a big platform for the work that I do in education or the work not even the work that I do the work that is is there to be done and and the opportunity that's there to to be of service so yeah Anna, this has genuinely been so so amazing I mean it's so interesting talking to you and uh, I mean I'm not ending the podcast I'm just saying that like genuinely I feel just that it's been so nice likewise likewise so Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative. I'm having not just appreciative for for me, but that you have this platform and and for you know artists like like myself and and I know so many others that it's it's a real honor to be to be on on Sounds Good and and to to know that we have support from people like your good self. So thank you. And it has it's been so fun to talk to you guys. This been I feel like I've just been hanging out. <laughs> right, right, so thank right. you. I hope that we could do one in the future as well. Very yeah. Coming, I, I wouldn't want this, this to end at this particular thing. Doing so many interesting things, you were led such an interesting life that I think it can't be concise in like a podcast. So I don't know, like Definitely I think we spoke for about one and a half hours or something. So I think this might be like a two. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Well. Yeah, yeah. So this is this has been really amazing, uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, your all the four albums that you're working on. Thank I'm you. And uh, I hope uh, we we really pray that you get all the prosperity. And the, the uh, reason we do podcasts and we started this is to you know talk to people, amazing people like you and understand what you guys do and how you do it and you know how uh, just to you know ensure that people like you continue doing what you're doing so that the world's a better place. And uh, so thank you, thank you so much, Anna. It's it's been a genuine, genuine pleasure. And I hope uh, we continue to see you prosper and uh, we have you soon whenever we have an absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much.
and i hope the situation in brazil is just so that uh, you know oh. uh, i just hope i just hope everybody you know takes care of the, uh, themselves so anyways thank you thank you so much anna i i think it's almost like 1 am in the night out here so, oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> perfect all right thank you again really i'm truly grateful i'm really honored and really grateful so thank you all the very best to you guys have a enjoy the rest of your weekend have a nice sleep this is really try the vegetarian indian food now brilliant brilliant all right thank you so much thank you so much for joining thank you Then go and follow Anna. Anna, please tell your Instagram ID so that people people can follow you. Sure, it's Anna Clara Haley all together. So Anna A N A Clara C L A R A Haley H A Y Y. I'm the only one in the world. <laughs> so oh, Anna Clara Haley. <laughs> so have a look. All right. Absolutely, absolutely, guys. We follow our podcast every Friday, and we're there on Spotify and other audio streaming platforms as well. This is uh, me, Bharat, uh, and my host, co-host, uh, Mr. Parth Palaskar. We'll see you in the next one. And uh, see you. Take care of yourself, guys. Thank you so much. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Yay! <laughs>